Welcome to episode 12 of the Women of the Military podcast. Today's guest is Susie Wilcox. I found Susie through a blog post on How to Mill Spouse, where she shared her experience as a Marine and a military spouse. After reading her story, I knew I needed to have her as a guest on the podcast, so I'm excited to share her story today. Susie joined the Marines after talking to a friend who had joined the Marine Corps a few years earlier. He had urged her to join the Air Force, but she was strong-willed and independent. She walked straight past the Air Force recruiter's office and instead joined the Marine. Susie joined the Marine Corps in August of 1999. She served for four years active duty in the Corps. Her military occupation was water purification. Nowadays, she is a mother of four teenagers, a yoga instructor, and runs a blog called Susan Leda Dishes Are Not For The Faint Of Heart. You are listening to the Women of the Military podcast, where we share the stories of female service members and how the military touched their lives. I'm your host, military veteran, military spouse, and mom, Amanda Huffman. My goal is to find the heart of the story and uncover issues women face while serving in the military. If you want to be encouraged by the stories of military women and be inspired to change the world, keep tuned for this latest episode of Women of the Military. Welcome to the show, Susie. I'm excited to have you as a guest today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Let's get started with why you decided to join the military and maybe even why you decided to join the Marine Corps. Well, there were a few things going into it. I was 19 years old and didn't have any direction in my life. I was dating someone who was in the Marine Corps Reserve. And because I was so lost and frankly entitled, I just needed to find myself. And he suggested the Air Force, which would have been I think a great fit for me. When I was walking to the recruiting station, and at the time, this was in um, Carbondale, Illinois, um, all the uh, the recruiting stations were side by side. So it was Air Force, Marine Corps, and Navy. I actually don't remember the Army being there, but I remember those three. So on my walk there, I decided that him suggesting the Air Force and not the Marine Corps was a challenge. And me being stubbornly independent and completely clueless, I decided to go into the Marine Corps recruiting uh, area instead and immediately signed up. I want to say I was gone to the MEP Center four days later. Wow, that's really fast. This is very fast, but... um, when I called and told my father, well, I, I signed up for the Marine Corps, he laughed because he thought I was kidding. And um, and he said, are you going to cheerlead your way through boot camp? And I said, Dad, no, I'm serious. And when he realized I was serious, he was extremely uh, supportive. But before that, it just didn't, I wasn't your typical Marine Corps recruit. You know, I was 92 pounds soaking wet and needed a weight waiver to, to even get in or be considered. Uh, so. I didn't have a clue what I was getting into, but I needed something, and uh, finding direction was ultimately the reason I joined. That's really cool. Yeah, looking back, do you think, you said you thought that maybe you should have joined the Air Force instead of the Marine Corps. Why would you say that? Well, I, you know, I was really, there There are stereotypes with each branch, as you know. Yeah. Um, having been in and growing up, I was always in, in the art room and reading. My nose was always in a book. I wasn't very physical. So I think the Air Force would have been a better fit. I felt as though back then, and I don't know how it is now, there were more opportunities for females. 
And having said that, when my sister said, she's two and a half years younger than me, she said, I'm going to join the Marine Corps like you. I remember grabbing her by the shoulders and saying, join the Air Force. (laughs) Which she did do, right? She did. Yeah, she did 10 years in the Air Force. Wow. She enjoyed it thoroughly. But that's not to say I didn't enjoy my time in the Marine Corps. I think it was the right move for me. But if I had to do it over again, I probably would have not taken that as a challenge. And um, it was almost like I had something to prove. So um, now that I'm older, I have nothing to prove, really. (laughs) So um, I may have done things very differently. So what was boot camp like? You said you weren't really physical. So to go from like, I've heard of a lot of people, I don't know if it's today is different, but they do like preparatory stuff to like prepare them for boot camp but if you were like there a week after you signed up then they do so I was not a runner I was I was in track but I was um a sprinter okay I didn't even know how to run And I remember, you know, there's, my memory fails me, but there's groups, different groups of runners in boot camp that they place you in. And the rabbits are the fastest. And I don't know if they're called the turtles, but for all intents and purposes, we'll call them turtles are the slowest. I was in the the slowest running group because I had to figure out how to breathe. I had no clue that there was like a trick to breathing with long distance running. And I remember another recruit telling me, you're hyperventilating. You have to breathe and you have to breathe slow. And I was like, wow. And it just really really opened my eyes. So I ended up going up and up and up. And the main motivation to that was the higher group you were, the least amount of harassment you got from your drill instructors. Because they probably had to keep up with you. And it was easier in the farther back. And they were always in the back, you know, yelling at people who fell out. So I, I excelled at running faster than I thought I would. I struggled with the rifle range, having never shot a weapon in my life. You know, I was just small and, and, uh, but they had me on double rations. I don't know if they do that in other military facets, but in boot camp in the Marine Corps, if you're underweight, they put you on double rats. And it just means you eat double the amount that a normal recruit eats. So I ended up gaining about 30 pounds um, at the end of boot camp. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of that was muscle. I mean, or all of it. Yeah. So from being like 92 pounds to like 120. Yep. It's probably, with all that exercise, it was good they gave you double rations or you would have been starving. It was good, but, you know, they feed you before you run. The morning was terrible. I remember throwing up a lot and, like, being happy about being a double rat. But, yeah, ultimately it was good. We had, like, a certain amount of time to eat our food. Yes. Yeah, so that they were really hard. (laughs) You had to eat, like, twice as much as everyone else, but you got the same amount of time. Exactly, and I was always trying to scoop my food onto someone else's plate. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about just your overall experience in the Marine Corps? It said you served for four years. Four short years, but in those four years... um, I guess like Dickens would say, it was the best of times and the worst of times. I really found myself on a good note. Um, I 
found my confidence. I found like, I found as though that I was finally good at something because in the Marine Corps, there's a pretty clear unspoken system. And especially for females, because there aren't a lot of females, well, at the time in 1999 to 2003, there weren't a ton of females, at least in the engineer department um, where I was. So all you had to do was run fast, do your job, not get involved in the gossip. I was really quiet and honor my marriage. And I was married at the time. So um, that for me was it was a formula that really worked. Um, I ended up, you know, I was meritoriously promoted and uh, was Marine of the Quarter and it just worked for me. So I would say the Marine Corps really gave me a foundation as a person that I'll never lose. And it also made me appreciative once I got out of like little problems, like, I don't know, oh, my food order is wrong, big deal. Do you know what I mean? Like it really... Put things into perspective. Like, I'm not in Iraq missing my child's birthday. I'm just in a coffee shop ordering coffee and they got it wrong. Big deal. So, so it taught me a lot of patience too. Yeah, it does change your perception. I think back to like before I joined the Air Force and after and how it changed me in like a really good way. And I can't even imagine not having that as part of my life because of yeah. how much it still affects me today. It's true. It gives you a foundation that I don't, I'm so appreciative of because before that I really was entitled and quite spoiled if I'm being honest and I needed some tough love uh, and Marie Corps definitely gave me that. <laughs> so they strip you down and then they build you back up. And you talked about being one of the few women in the Corps. How did you overcome that or did you feel like you were discriminated against or over had to overcome anything like that? I was always in the air wing, so instead of battalion, you know, it's like squadron. And uh, so in the squadrons that I served in, I was in Oki and um, my first year. And then I was in Cherry Point 271. And I learned that a lot of people didn't have, a lot of male Marines didn't necessarily have a good image of what a female Marine was. And so I was really determined to change that, which was difficult because I was married and I was pregnant when I went to my first, when I transitioned from Okinawa to um, Cherry Point. So I showed up there big as a house, you know, and being pregnant and being a Marine is not necessarily looked upon as a good thing, even if you're married and you're happy. What I decided to do was after I gave birth to my son, I would just show up for PT, even though I had 42 days of leave. So I tried to get in that way and that seemed to work for me. Like two weeks after I had my son, I decided to show up for PT, even though I didn't have to work. And uh, they saw the extra effort and um, people in my shop, the male Marines in my shop, liked me and I think overall respected me um, because of the extra effort. Unfortunately, back then, and I don't know if it's the same now, that's what females had to overcome was this idea that we were lazy or always pregnant or trying to get out of running or trying to get out of work. And honestly, the majority of the female Marines I met were not like that. They were hardworking and they were good Marines. They were just Marines, you know. I feel like that's the case with most stereotypes when they're negative. It's 
one or two are like that, but the rest of the group is not anything like what the negative stereotype is. I totally agree. While you were in your deployed, can you tell us a little bit about that experience? And you, you already were a mom at that point? I was, yep. I was a mom of two boys. I had both my sons in the Marine Corps. And when I was deployed, I always like to tell this story because it just bodes well for Marine Corps training. I can remember us all piling. It was probably zero two in the morning. Piling onto, it was a parking lot near the barracks. I remember my first sergeant gave me a cigar and I, before he gave that to me, I said goodbye to my boys and my husband and they left and I don't remember crying. In fact, I know I didn't. I just remember smoking my cigar (laughs) with my first sergeant and, you know, all my Marines around me and being really excited about deploying to Kuwait. And then once we got to Kuwait, it was a hurry up and wait situation. So this was during Operation Iraqi Freedom. And we were waiting for the go ahead in Kuwait to push on into Iraq. So the waiting, the waiting was the worst part, I think. Uh, Marines kind of go crazy if they don't have something to do. So when we arrived in Kuwait, It was Camp Coyote East, West, Camp Coyote West, and it was just desert. And because we were an engineer platoon, we were, you know, heavy equipment operators, combat engineers, electricians, water purification, reefer mechs. And when we showed up, it was just desert. There was nothing. We built that um, base from the ground up. And when we left there to push into Iraq, we had you know, built an airfield. The camp had electricity and hooches. And so it was kind of cool to see that we had made nothing into something really huge and a vital part of, you know, our mission. Yeah, I remember when I deployed and I was at Manus in Kyrgyzstan and my my AFSC or military code is uh, civil engineering and we would build bear bases for all the exercises and so like it's a similar type of thing. And so when I actually saw the bear base equipment out in the field, being used to support the warfighter, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I wasn't even a part of building it, just seeing it and realizing the work that the training we were doing at home was actually being used overseas. Yeah, that was the coolest part of being deployed. Now, I feel as though it was a cluster, but having said that, like, that was the coolest part, I think. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there were things that went wrong and stuff that just... What was the communication like when you were deployed? Were you able to communicate with your family at all? No, um, it's not like how it is today. So my husband now is in the Marine Corps, and he's a first sergeant. When he was in Kuwait, he called me almost every day. (laughs) And in 2003, I actually was deployed with him. Now, we were not together. We were just friends. Um, Okay which is interesting. So we have an interesting history. But yeah, we were both deployed to Kuwait and then Iraq together. He was an electrician. And um, we were able to call home twice within that six-month period. And that was using a comm phone. Oh, actually, no, it was just one time. I got twice because, unfortunately, my grandfather paternal grandfather died while I was over there. So I got a Red Cross message. But we were so far in Iraq that I wasn't able to go um, to his funeral. So you said you were deployed in 2003? 
Yes. And I deployed in I deployed in 2010, and we had like contents where we could Skype whenever we found time. And some people had cell phones, but even like so from like 2003 to 2010, a bunch changed, and then from like 2010 to today, it's like totally different. Oh. <laughs> and I I feel like I was really lucky to just have the ability to Skype with my husband and my parents when I was over there on like a weekly basis. And now it's like, mm-hmm. you can talk all the time you want. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Cause that's not that long of time. Like 2003 to, to, I mean, it really isn't. So what was it like to come home from your deployment after not really seeing, not seeing, barely talking to your husband and your kids? Well, my kids were really tiny. So when I left, my oldest was one and a half. Wait, is that right? No, he was two and a half. And nope, he was two. (laughs) And my youngest was barely one. Um, So he wasn't walking or talking. When I came back home, oh my goodness, I didn't even recognize him because when I left him, he was a baby. He didn't know who I was, but I remember my oldest, like I woke him up because I got home in the middle of the night. It was like one in the morning and he said, mommy, and I'll never forget that. I just teared up. It was the first time I cried uh, in months and months and months. And then my youngest, I just let him sleep because I couldn't wake him up. He just wouldn't wake up. So the next morning he was running, not even walking. And he ran past me and I said, do you know who I am? I'm your mommy. And he just looked at me like, okay, lady, and kept running. (laughs) So I really had to build a bond back up with my youngest because he didn't remember me. But But your two-year-old did? Yeah, he did right away. And actually he had issues with uh, me leaving after that. He always wanted to go with me. Mm Because he remembered the experience. In fact, um, that was part of the reason I decided not to re-enlist. I just didn't have a good support system. So I didn't feel like I could be a good mother while I was in for another four years. You know, other female Marines did it and they did it beautifully. And in other services, they can do it. My sister did it. We had a great support system. I I didn't. It was basically just me. So I decided not to re-enlist because of that. And I had gained what I needed out of it, which was, you know, Boy, I tell you, being in the military, as you know, you learn very quickly what you do want and what you don't want out of life. And uh, (laughs) so I had figured that out by then. I was like, okay, it's filled its purpose. That makes sense. I left the military when my son was born because my husband is also, well, he's still in the Air Force. And us both being in was just challenging when we were a couple because his career field and my career field didn't match up really well. So getting stationed together was always a challenge and we never moved at the same time. And we're like, that's inconvenient when it's just me and you, but when we have a kid, that makes it a lot more complicated to figure out the logistics. And it just seemed impossible that we would both be able to stand for 20 years. So it was like, why go through the sacrifice if you can't, even make it to the 20 years. And so that was why I decided to leave. No, that makes sense. And some people can do it. Like they, you know, have the support system and they have the same MLS as their spouse or something or, you know, I've seen other people do it wonderfully. Yeah. For me, there was no way. So. So what was it like to transition out of the military? You had already found your purpose and it changed your mentality 
And what was it like to transition back into civilian life? I found it to be um, both good and bad. You know, the good in it, I kind of touched on already. It puts things into perspective. Like, I no longer had road rage. I had patience. So, <laughs> you know, things didn't seem like such a big deal. And uh, and I liked that. I liked having that perspective. Like, mm, my life's not in danger. I'm okay. You know, why am I in a hurry? No reason. And, um, you know, the bad part of it, I would say is the confusion of being somebody due to your rank and your awards and your medals and then turning into a civilian where I felt as though, and I still feel this way, I'm constantly having to prove my worth. The nice part about the military is they have a structure where your rank means something. Um, The awards that you have mean something. How fast you run means something. Your PFT score means something, and it means you're a good Marine. I haven't found the equivalent to that in the civilian world, and maybe partly because I am an artist, um, it's a little bit tough to compare artistry to Marine Corps. I guess. <laughs> kind of. I, I, I like the way you put that. I hadn't really thought about that. I went to a conference this past September and I constantly had to be like, no, I was in the military. No, blah, blah, blah. Like I kept having to like prove my worth and it was really frustrating because it was a military conference. And whenever I had been in the military before I had my rank, I had my ribbons on my chest. Like I had, I didn't have to do that. And so it was really frustrating to be in the military and have to be like, so I understand exactly what you're saying. Cause when you take the uniform off, you lose that even when you're still with military people, because they don't know when you have. Yeah. It's really difficult. It's uh, and it's a fine line too. Cause you don't want to be like, Oh, look at my name or, Oh, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. You're taught in the military to be humble. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Maybe some people, some Marines are humble. Uh, maybe not others, but I, I just, I, I'm not used to talking myself up and it's still something that I work on. I much rather kind of tongue-in-cheek poke at myself and make people laugh rather than say, I've done this and that, you know? (laughs) You mentioned earlier that you are now a military spouse. What has it been like to be a military spouse and not in the military? Honestly, for me personally, I find it to be harder because, again, I, I go back to my equation of how I became a good female Marine or Marine in general. Being a military spouse, there is no equation. Like every day is a tornado of different problems. <laughs> and I am someone who looks for patterns in things. I enjoy doing that. Boy, I tell you, I have not found <laughs> a succinct pattern in being a military spouse or a mom or a stepmother because we have a blended family. So we have four teenagers, a 15, a 16, a 16, a 17 year old. And every day is different. You know, sometimes I feel like on top of the world, like I'm the best mom ever. And then there are other days I want to cry in my car, you know, while eating my salad. I (laughs) just, it's crazy, but you know, I wouldn't trade it because I love my husband and I love my kids, all four of them. I'm still working it out. It's, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, 
I would agree. I think being a military spouse is harder to be. Yeah, there's like the order is not there. And like, it's not like, oh, if I do this, this and this, then this will happen. It's like, if I do this, this and this, I don't know what my child's going to do. I don't know when my husband's going to be home. Like, I don't know what life's going to be like. And for moving for me, it's been really different to be a military spouse and not in the military because I felt like when I moved with the military, I like instantly had friends because I had all the other lieutenants and captains that were in the office. They were my new friends. And here I have to like go to the playground and awkwardly ask people. (laughs) And it's so hard to make friends as an adult. You just, yep, it's different, very different. And when I go out for coffee, which is rare, like I I have like two friends here. We've lived here for almost two years and uh, my kids make a big deal about it. They're like, oh, mom has a friend. I'm like, easy, I can make friends. (laughs) Yeah, but it's hard and it's hard to like do it and know that you might move and. Right. I want to know a little bit about why you decided to start blogging. Okay, I've always I've always called myself a starving artist. Like I but my one constant has been writing. I come from a family of storytellers. My dad, my brother, my sister, my mom, we all, you know, kind of rib each other and tell stories. That's how we love. And I decided to transition that into my blogging. Um, I really tried to be serious at first and it just didn't translate well. I think it's more authentic for me to tell kind of tongue-in-cheek stories and that's where my blog comes from. And it also is very therapeutic for me personally. You know, I have to be doing something like uh, whether it's photography or yoga or reading or writing. I always have my, my hands in something. And uh, writing for me has done the most besides yoga. Yoga does a lot for me as well. Yeah, writing is really filling. It is. And it's something solid that you can look at. That's why I consider it art. You look at it, you reread it, and you're like, wow, I created that and it's not that bad. (laughs) You know that feeling? Yes, exactly. You get it. So my last question is, what would you tell girls considering joining the military? I've actually been approached by quite a few females. And, you know, I think if your heart is in it, go for it. But I really do uh, think it's important to cater your personality to the branch. You know, um, write down your pros and cons, figure out what you want out of this. And if it's you have something to prove, okay, Marine Corps all the way, I get it. But, you know, unless it's that, I I tend to push women toward the Air Force. Sorry, Marines out there. But um, my sister had such a good experience. I just feel like, I don't know. There's, it's just a different echelon. I'm not saying it's better than the Marine Corps because it was right for me, the Marine Corps was. And out there, it's right for other females. But I do feel like uh, the Air Force is friendlier. I can't speak for the Army. Uh, Navy's pretty good, too. I My stepdaughter's interested in the Navy, and I'm fully supportive of that. Um, she wants to go into the medical field, so that makes sense. Navy makes sense. So, yeah, it just depends on your personality. But overall, I'm all for it. It teaches you something that nothing else can out there. The military will build you up in a way that nothing else can, in my opinion. And um, so I'm very pro-females in the military. It just 
cater your personality to your branch. That's that's the only advice I would give. That's great advice. I agree. I think if your heart's in it and you find the branch that fits your personality best, you'll be successful. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time. I've loved getting the chance to talk to you and hear a little bit more about your story. Thanks for having me. No problem. Do you have anything else that you want to tell people about? Or did I miss any stories that you wanted to share? No, no, I've had a great time talking with you and chatting with you. I just, um, I hope people took out of this that I am from Marine Corps. I'm not saying everyone should join the Air Force, but I just, uh, my sister had a great experience in the Air Force and so did my brother-in-law. And we're a mixed bag, my family, so I'm the only Marine, but we have Army, Navy, Air Force Marines, so I don't know if it fits you, do it. Thank you so much. That's all we have for this week, and I'll make sure to link up all of her social media following her blog link so that you guys can get in contact with Susie and learn more about her and her story. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women of the Military. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing stories I have with women who have served in our military. Did you love the show? Don't forget to leave a review. Finally, if you are a woman who has served or is currently serving in the military, please email me at airmentomom at gmail.com so I can set you up to be on a future episode of Women of the Military.